Welcome to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. Here, you'll learn from a real-life dad about raising a family, developing a healthy marriage, and teaching your children to find their purpose. Here he is, Joe Barlow. Hey friends, I wanted to share a recording with you that I just made a few minutes ago. I spoke at a women's meeting at our church, and I was just talking about the love of God. And I wasn't talking about it specifically in the context of family. I was just talking really specifically about this in the context of uh, you as an individual, right? But what I want to do with this podcast is I want to ask you that as you listen to today's message, that you think about how could you share this with your children and how might this affect the way that you talk with your children and or other members of your family and see if this will help you. I really think that my goal today is after you hear this, that you would really definitely be affected by the love of God for you. I really think it will change your life. Love you much. We're praying for you. So, uh, God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. So I was praying for you all and wondering, you know, Lord, what would you like to say? So he said, uh, tell them my love is complete. He said it includes them and all their needs. He said, I want them to experience the fullness of my love. But doubt is blocking much of it. He's saying doubt is blocking much of my love. He said faith works by love, but they must believe the love I have for them. I want them to believe. I want them to hear. Hear my voice. Sense and know me. I am not far from them. Some of them have distance in their heart from me, and that can disappear in an instant. I want it to. Let me read the whole word again. Tell them my love is complete, it includes them and all their needs. I want them to experience the fullness of my love. But doubt is blocking much of it. Faith works by love, but they must believe the love I have for them. I want them to believe. I want them to hear. Hear my voice. Sense and know me. I am not far from them. But some of them have distance in their heart from me. That can disappear in an instant. I want it to. So any distance that you're sensing in your heart right now between you and the Lord, um, it's not God. It's not from God. God's not giving you that sensation. I love what Shalise said a couple weeks ago at that one conference we had. She said, if you are ever going to have a throne room experience, make sure that you are sitting on the throne. You know, if you're in prayer and you see yourself in the throne room, throne room of God, 
your proper place is sitting on the throne because you are seated with him. Mm -hmm. Ephesians says we are seated with him in heavenly places. Um, uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 10, he said this word, he said it's not far off, but the word is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth in this word of faith that we preach, okay? And that's when he goes on to say in verse 9, he says that if anyone believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, so that's believing in your heart, and then if they say with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, they shall be saved. Well, backing up to the prior verse, it says this is the, the word of faith that we preach, and that is, it's that this word is not far away from you. I'm going to go ahead and pull that scripture up. I wasn't planning on going to it, but that doesn't matter. Uh, let's just pull it up. Romans 10, and I'll go to verse, uh, I'll go to verse 8, but what, or verse 7. Uh, no, let's just go to verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them or have life. Anytime you see it say, shall live by them, you know, that you're going to, it means to have life. That's how you're going to continue to live. Okay. The man who does these things shall live, have life by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Okay, in other words, if you want to follow the Old Testament law, um, this is not the class for you. Right. Uh, this is not the church for you. Okay? If you want to follow the Old Testament law, you, you've been delivered from that. Okay? Amen. The scripture says, not one jot nor tittle of the law shall... shall uh, be removed until all things are accomplished, you know, until it's all finished. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, his final words were, it is finished. And with those words, he completed the law. He fulfilled the law. And it says, not one jot or tittle will be removed until everything is fulfilled. It was fulfilled by Jesus Christ, the righteous. Okay? And so, so in other words, in Romans 10, 5, it says, for Moses writes about, and this is how Moses talks, because Moses was speaking the law. His language was law. He's the law giver. Yeah. Okay? And that's okay. Moses' language said, the man who does these things is going to have life by them. But in verse 6, it says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. In other words, the righteousness that's coming from the New Testament, the way that God planned it in the New Testament, it's a different language. It's a different language. We speak differently. We don't speak according to the law. We speak according to the law of Christ. Amen. Okay? So, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? It says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we preach. It's in your mouth 
and it's in your heart. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Okay? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, what the Lord was saying to me, that something that is, hello, something that is symptomatic um, somewhere in this group, it could be all of you, it could be one or two of you, it doesn't matter, because this is God's word to us today, and he wants all of us to hear it. Because even if you're not having a problem with this, you are being equipped by this word for future, uh, whether it's battles that you'll face, temptations that you'll face, or it's future uh, you ministering to others, okay? So no matter what, this is for you, right? And um, could you give me a glass of water? And so let me read this word again. I'm probably going to read it a couple times or more times because I just really feel like we need to hear it. I said, Lord, what would you like to speak to the ladies? And um, he said, tell them my love is complete. It includes them and all their needs. I want them to experience the fullness of my love, but doubt is blocking much of it. So if you're faced with a situation where you really don't know how it's going to go, I want to tell you that you have a problem and your problem is not the problem that's at hand. Your problem is you don't know how much God loves you. Wow. Your problem is you don't know how much God loves you. And once you find out how much God loves you, it changes you from something that resembles a tortoise in a shell to something that represents an eagle, fully extended and, res- and not tied to the ground at all. We are not to live on this earth as terra beings, earthbound beings, right? Uh, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. What does that mean? Well, I love what one brother talks about. He said, an eagle up on top of that mountain up there, sitting on its nest, it sees a storm coming. Mm-hmm. That eagle, all it has to do is lock its wings, and it locks them. I mean, there's something structural in there that the eagle doesn't even have to use the muscles to do. It's just once it puts it in place, it's locked structurally in place out there. So there's no work in that. You just, that's your position. And then the wind comes up the mountain because it, it force, it's forced as the thunder head is coming. The winds are forced up the mountain. When they're pushed up the mountain, they come right up under that eagle's wings. And that eagle could be sitting on its nest. And those winds just start to pick that eagle straight up above. And then the storm passed by. That eagle can go up to 40,000, 50,000 feet. Oh, my gosh. Did you know that? And that storm can pass by. That storm can pass by. And that eagle can settle right back down on the nest. That's 
They that mount, they that wait on the Lord, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. So that mounting up, that is mounting up on the breath of God coming up under you. See, it's the breath of God that lifts you up. Okay? So as we're, I was, when Nancy and I were first married, we lived in this apartment down in Lyle. And one day I was looking out the, the window toward our little, we had a deck patio type thing. And I looked out the window and up in the sky, there were these two birds and they were just up there. And the Lord said to me, he said, son, do you see those birds? I said, yeah. He said, they're not working. They're not working. God was providing all the lift that they needed. God was providing all the lift. Your problems will provide you all the lift you need if you let yourself be untethered to the things of this world. And if you let yourself be untethered from the worries and the cares of God is not sending you worry. He is not sending you fear. So if we had two tables, okay, let's say Annette, you know, okay, y'all know Annette is a wonderful chef, right? But she's very healthy and natural. So if Annette set up a whole table over here and it was all, and, and let's say you were like really intent, hey, I'm going to get health. She had all of her array of, and then over here, we have Joe's junk food table. Okay. And, and you know, we just have every type of garbage that passes for food, right? Or that some people think it, it, it it's food, right? And uh, we had, you have a choice. What are you going to eat? Your thoughts every day, you're being fed an array of banqueting tables. You got two banqueting tables. Which one are you going to eat from? The Spirit of God feeding you from the inside, saying, I am love and I'm in you. And I'm happy in here. I like living in here with you. Or you got the devil outside saying, You are such a despicable person. You are so ugly. You're fat. You're worthless. You know, actually, nobody likes you either. But they actually, the devil doesn't actually talk like that. Let me, let me just share the devil's script, how he talks. He says, I'm fat. I'm despicable. And he makes it think that it's your voice. He makes you think that it's you thinking that. Okay? But, you don't have to think that because we cast down every imagination and every thought that, and to make it obedient to Christ and bring into captivity, every thought, every, every, every thought. So which banqueting table are you eating from? Or eating from? Uh, Annette's beautiful, natural, wonderful food that God provides for Joe's junk food table. Okay. Well, sin hath pleasure for a season. Okay. And you might delight in holding unforgiveness against somebody for a time because it makes you feel good Mm -hmm. that you somehow have some sense of righteousness within yourself like you're right. You're dead wrong to hold unforgiveness against somebody. And you're eating off the wrong table. That's right. Okay, you're eating off the wrong... Don't eat off that table. It's not healthy for you. It's not going to give you life. Okay? So... Back to the word again. 
Tell them my love is complete. It includes them and all their needs. I want them to experience the fullness of my love. My brother was at college and he was starting to trying to pay his way through school so he would go out and play guitar in restaurants and bars and stuff like that. And he just got a new job at a new restaurant and so he needed a new pair of pants and a new shirt, you know, just to kind of make it look good. So he and his roommate were upstairs at this house that he lived in. They were upstairs and they were sitting just praying. They were just sitting there praying. And he said, Lord, I ask you for a new pair of pants and a new shirt. They walked down the stairs and a girl knocked at the door and said, hey, Vince, I got you something. New pair of pants and a new shirt. His roommate was like, how, how can this be? Honestly, how can this be? Really? I'm, I'll tell you why. If you're convinced of God's love for you, answered prayers is normal. Right. If there is no striving, how do you get your prayers answered? That's the wrong question. The right question is, how do I experience the love of God more for myself personally? How do I begin to believe the love that God has for us? How do I begin to receive what the Holy Spirit himself wants me to receive? Okay, so let me read this again. Lord, what do you want me to share with the ladies group? Tell them my love is complete. It includes them and all their needs. I want them to experience the fullness of my love. Boy, I got to go back to this again. Um, I was uh, in in college, and um, I, I spent a lot of time ministering in college. I mean, a lot of time. And there was times... Um, uh, just, I mean, it was taking up a lot of time just ministering to people. And one day I was ministering to somebody around four o'clock in the afternoon, then five o'clock and then six and then 6.30, cafeteria closed. And I was hungry. I was standing in my room. I said, Lord, I would really love a chicken sandwich. It was not more than 30 seconds. It was not more. It was not more than 30 seconds. Somebody walked by my room and was like, Joe, you want a sandwich? Chicken sandwich. I'm not kidding. That actually happened. Okay. Um, How much do you believe in the love of God? This is a mountain in your life. And it could be a mountain of doubt, or it could be a mountain of blessings. God is willing to answer your prayers before you ask. God is willing to answer your prayers before you ask. This old friend of ours, he used to minister at our old church some of you here know him, but uh, he used to just say, God, astound me. And you know what? God would. 
And I think you need to move to a different place in your relationship with God that is much more intimate rather than far away and you're trying to appease some God who's sitting up somewhere billions of miles away on his throne. Instead of trying to appeal to someone who's so far away, realize that you are a carrier. I like to think of it, I'm the bus driver and God's my passenger. I'm just driving wherever he, where do you want to go today? Hey, let's turn left. Okay, we turn left. Let's, hey, let's go over. Call, call so-and-so. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll call. Hey, um, you know, send this person some money. Yes, sir. You know, yep, no problem. And uh, hey, um, go do the dishes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> did he ever say that? He has. Once oh. I, I think he did. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. Yeah. Yes. So, um, no, no, no. Sometimes he'll tell me, do, do, do some push-ups. Okay. Yes, sir. Sometimes he'll say, you're not hungry. Don't eat that. Okay. Um, sometimes he'll say, go ahead and enjoy that shake. I'm like, God, you really do love me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He really does love us. Um, so for breakfast today, so I'm on this weight loss thing, right? And um, making progress and actually enjoying it. It's a, it's a calorie reduction thing. And so I'm, I'm going in my mind, I'm going through changes, right? And so today I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a big breakfast because I want to be full and not have to eat and pick all day, mm-hmm. right? And so, because I had been doing like 300 calorie breakfast and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm hungry. Let's eat whatever is available. <clears throat> so I have 1,500 calories a day that I can eat. And so, and I'm actually totally satisfied with that, which is great. And so this morning I did like a 600 calorie breakfast, you know, three eggs, two little tortilla shells and some cheese and, and, uh, just enjoyed it. Amen. It was delicious. It was awesome. Loved it. And so, but then I don't know who bought this, but, uh, somebody bought a big can of hot chocolate and it was sitting there and I was like, (laughs) <laughs> that would, I would, you know, I would really enjoy that. So guess what I did? I had hot chocolate and I really enjoyed it. And I didn't feel guilty at all, but I did count the calories. I counted the calories. Okay. So I, I have to count the calories. That's okay. But I enjoyed it without a guilty conscience. Now it was a struggle to have that without a guilty conscience, but I had it and I enjoyed it. And I... I'm 100% convinced that God loves me and God is not mad at me for having hot chocolate. He really is not. And I did enjoy it. Yesterday, I had my breakfast, which was like, I did like two little Greek yogurt things and some fruit, mixed it all up and it was awesome. Did about 600 calories right there. It was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. And then probably about four hours later, I was thinking... You there's some Halloween candy around here. <laughs> and that payday bar, a little tiny one. Oh, I love oh, payday. Oh, dear God. 
That looked so good. Guess what I did? I ate it. And I enjoyed it. I put it on my list. I counted the calories. But I am convinced God's not mad at me that I had that. God has given us all things to richly enjoy. And that's okay. Okay? You understand? Now, this is the program I'm on. I'm not telling you you could break your program if we are on a different program. Oh, darn. <laughs> you do what you're supposed to do, right? But I want to tell you that I'm in this place right now. Even last night, um, I had a, had a meal yesterday morning. Okay, what am I going to do for dinner? Well, Nancy had invited Andrew and Kimberly and the girls over for dinner. Nancy made up some nice spaghetti with meat sauce. And I'm like, now, how am I going to count all that? You know, and I'm thinking about it. And I had a nice plate of spaghetti with meat sauce. I'm like, this is really good. So I had another half a serving. I'm like, this is really good. And this morning, I got on the scale. And I was still down two-tenths of a pound. Awesome. And I'm like, wow. I'm loving this. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm changing my mind about feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Because food eaten in secret is delicious, but the dead are there. Mm-hmm. The dead are there. But God is inviting you to a banquet table that actually has sugar on it. And chocolate. And chocolate. Okay, now listen. listen. No, not, I'm, not, I'm just telling you in heaven. Okay? You got to do it. But see, I'm right now in a calorie-restricted position because Nancy and I got married 36 years ago. You know, it's not really a problem if you gain two pounds your first year of marriage. That's not bad. No. But if you keep that up for 36 years, you're in trouble. <laughs> and I did. I was 72 pounds overweight. I was 72 pounds heavier than I was when I got married. Two pounds a year, big deal. So guess what I'm doing now? I'm in a recovery mode. I'm changing things. I found somebody to help me. They're coaching me. I'm loving it. I love, love, love this system. And every day I have to tell them what my mood is on a scale of one to 10. And every day it's been a 10. I love this. Let's keep going. And I'm 100% committed to get to my ideal weight. And um, today, today I'm halfway there. So actually I'm not going all the way back down to 170. I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm on my way and I'm doing very well. Halfway and now, to the goal. Yeah, halfway today, and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm making progress, but what I'm trying to really get across to you is there's got to be a shift in my mindset. There's got to be a change in the way I think because these thoughts control us. If we are willing to submit to a condemning thought, I really enjoyed that payday bar yesterday. But I want to tell you, there were some voices involved, some... And I want to say emotions involved that were fighting each other on the inside of me about this. And I had the freedom to go ahead and eat it. And as an act of righteousness, I ate that. Do you understand what I mean? As an act of resisting guilt, I ate it. Because guilt will not rule me. And guilt, if you are in love with God, guilt is not to rule you. Annette, is this okay so far? The guilt part, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, good. She's not too keen on the sugar. I understand. Yes. I'm very big on sugar, but it has to be. Yeah. Sugar. No, I understand. Absolutely. He gives us all things to richly enjoy. And so what I'm saying is the guilt thing, I've got to break that off of me. I've got to break it off of me. Because I'll tell you this, once you start going the natural way, the stuff I'm eating, like the payday bar, uh, this is hard for me to say, but it actually won't taste as good as the good stuff. Okay? Once you train your body. But I'm not there yet. I'm halfway there. Okay? But I'm making progress. And I have to push these things away that the devil's saying, you can't have anything. No, that's not true. Do you guys know how judo works? Judo? Martial arts. So the martial art of judo? Well, this is what somebody explained to me. They said, now in judo, what they do is they use the opponent's force or momentum against him. So if your opponent strikes at you, you don't resist his punch. You just get out of the way and you pull his arm till he's off balance and he falls forward. So you're using his weight against him. The devil uses judo. Yes. Because the devil wants to use your momentum against you. Oh, if it's good to cut back to 1,500 calories, maybe you should cut back to 750. That would be better. No, no, no. You could die. <laughs> you know, you don't want to. You, you have to have balance. In, in, in Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon talks about avoiding all extremes. Just avoid the extremes. Just, just go ahead right down the middle. You'll be fine. We've got to keep ourselves free from a guilty conscience. And if you are convinced of the love of God toward you, then you're going to be fine. When my mom sat down, when she greeted us at the door and there was a plate of chocolate chip cookies on the table, when I got home from high school and we just sat there and talked for a long time, I had zero self-consciousness about eating a cookie. There was no condemnation about eating a cookie, okay? That came in later when these voices like, that's, no, okay? Now, you don't want to overdo it, obviously. If you're eating more calories than you need, you're gonna gain weight. I'm just, that's just the way it is, you know? So, um, but what we want to understand is God's love toward us prepares a banqueting table for us. And there are more miracles available to you than what you've been receiving in your life so far. There really are. God wants you to receive, receive, receive miracle after miracle, guidance, direction. Um, there's, there's time when uh, I had a situation. I was a boss at a certain place. And the Lord spoke to me that I needed to fire somebody. And I'm like, oh, Lord. He goes, you know, I really do make this easy on you. I said, well, that's true. Because the way he presented it to me and spoke to me made it just so clear. And it was so just right. It was just right. And, uh, and he goes, I really do make this easy on you. I'm like, I thank you. Thank you so much for doing it. Because I didn't have to go through weeks, days, weeks, or months of striving over that. He just said, no, this is what you have to do. Do it now. (sighs) Wow. What a peace came over me. And when I did it, the person was like, they agreed with me. You know, that that's what they were supposed to do. 
And it's okay. Don't worry about it. And um, so tell them my love is complete. It includes them and all their needs. Do you know God is already thinking about all of your needs and he's already made provision for all of your needs? However, your doubt is blocking him just giving it to you. His doubt is, or the doubt that's in your heart is, is blocking you having spontaneous miracles happen. And God wants you to have spontaneous miracles that God just captures you. And if you will invest yourself into the love of God, Invest yourself into receiving the love of God. Invest yourself in believing the love of God. Then what's going to happen in your life is different than this striving, striving, trying to get better, trying to get more, trying to do this, trying to do that. No, you just relax. Let's just do this right now. Close your eyes for a minute. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, but for God is love. And we have known and believed the love. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. 1 John 4, 16, I'm going to read it again. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Let me say this part again. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Heavenly Father, right now I release a revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Lord, we release a revelation over this group right now about the love of God and how much you dearly love us. Lord, you dearly love us. You dearly love us. Lord, every single person's level of knowledge, Lord, I declare it comes up. It rises up higher now. It comes up higher right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. I I, I want you to get this and I want you to experience and know this, that God has this for you. This place of enjoyment, enjoying God. And whatever you are going through, if you're... God wants you to absolutely, if you're spending time with your grandkids or your children or whatever it is, God wants you to enjoy that time. And so his will is for you to enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, you're not doing it right. If you're not enjoying it, that means there's a mindset within you 
honestly that the root of it is that you don't believe God loves you. But God does love you and God's not mad at you. And God wants you to enjoy time with your children and your grandchildren. And he wants you to be full, full, full of his love. He wants to satisfy you. Is this making sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. I want them to believe. I want them to hear, hear my voice, sense and know me. I am not far from them. Some of them have distance in their heart from me, and that can disappear in an instant. I want it to. All right, say this out loud. Say, I believe the love. I believe the love that God has for me. That God has for me. I believe in the love God has for me. I believe in the love God has for me. God loves me. God loves me. God thinks about me. God thinks about me. He's happy when he thinks about me. He's happy when he thinks about me. He's not angry. He's not angry. He is not looking at a list of my sins. He is not looking at a list of my sins. He just loves me. He just loves me. He delights in me. He delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. Let's do this. You know, in the Old Testament, the, one of the words for meditate is to mumble, to just mutter, say it over and over again. So if we have, um, if we take that phrase, God delights in me, close your eyes and start to mutter that or mumble that. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. Just say it over and over again. God delights in me. God delights in me. As you keep saying it, as you're saying it, see your heart like a gas tank getting filled up or like a jar of water that's getting filled up. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. God delights in me. This is a repositioning of your heart before the Lord. This is a repositioning of your heart before the Lord. God absolutely loves me. He knows what I need. He knows what delights me. And he desires to delight me. He delights to use me in ways to bless others. My walk with God is an absolute delight, both to me and to him. Let's say that. My walk with God, my walk with God is an absolute delight to me and to him.
His desire is to purge you from a guilty conscience. Let me talk about this for a second. You can all open your eyes now. Um, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they realized they were naked and they went and hid. What separated them was their guilty conscience. Because when God came in the garden saying, hey, Adam, where are you? Well, why was Adam hiding? Because he felt guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a little dog at home and she's not allowed to sit on the couches in the living room. She can sit on the downstairs couches. Now our dog doesn't understand this, but she, she's getting, gaining some understanding. I walk in the house and she is almost to the ground walking yeah, toward me. Right. <laughs> She's completely guilty. I said, you stay off that couch. You know better. She knew. She was on the couch. You go to the couch, it's warm. There's a pile of fur there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Um, So she's completely guilty, you know, and uh, she she doesn't. I mean, she wants to come and greet me, but she doesn't want to come and greet me like that. She knows she's not worthy to come and greet me because she's in disobedience to me. Okay, and um, so I go ahead and just let her feel the guilt. I believe she needs to. (laughs) I'm not trying to be God. I want her to stay off the couch. <laughs> I'm not concerned about her sin consciousness. <laughs> However, God is deeply concerned about yours. And if he already paid the price for sin, you need to quit dealing with it. A friend of mine told me, he goes, this is what happens when we sin. He said, God's He said, here's God looking down from heaven at us. And he said, this sin comes straight up at him. And God just goes like this. He's like, what's the problem? Why are you hiding from me? There's nothing between us. There's no sin between us. Just came right by. he, He lets it fly right past him. Obviously, we're in him. He's in us, right? And, and uh, the sin problem has been taken care of. So, but, but Pastor, what I, you know, I just sinned. I just, I just ate that third chocolate bar in the fridge, and I know that was sin. Okay. All right. Now, you know what you need to do? You can go ahead and just say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I receive your forgiveness. I receive, everybody say, I receive receive, your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. Lord, I know I'm taking, and from there you can just go into like, Lord, by faith, I'm going to put faith in the love you have for me. I'm going to put faith in in the forgiveness you have for me. And from this moment on, I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm sorry. It's in the past. And I'm telling you, this is the most humbling thing when you have to receive forgiveness and then step into righteousness, which means step back into the position of you believe you're loved. And like that little dog who normally will come running to me, barking and wagging her tail, 
But when she's been sitting on my couch, <laughs> she does not bark. And she comes as close to the ground as she can get. And as slowly as she can get. She does not come running to me when she's doing wrong. And neither do we come to God. Oh, God, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here. You know? Okay, so I want to throw a wrench in there. You want to throw a wrench in there? Yeah. So what about if it's a repeated behavior? Well, then so you need God. to get, you need to um, ask God to grant you repentance. Because when, because if you could say, oh, Lord, I repent. No, no, you don't really. Repent means change your mind. Because the only reason is people stay in sin is because they want to. Okay? They want to stay in sin. And that's why they stay in sin. Okay? And that means their heart hasn't changed and their mind hasn't changed. So if you say, okay, Lord, I need you because I'm not convinced that, that stopping that is in my best interest because I really like it. So I need you to change my mind. And that's what it means when you say, Lord, grant me repentance. You're saying, Lord, change my mind. I, I use that, uh, you know, in James chapter 1 where it says, uh, let, if, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask of God. Right. So I've been asking the Lord. You know, I used to ask, oh, is it a yes or a no? Which way should I go? Should I do this or that? Now, I've, I've kind of changed. I'm Not that I never pray that way, but now I'm mostly when I'm asking for wisdom, I'm, I'm saying this. Lord, I need you to convince me. There's a big difference between asking for a yes or a no and saying, Lord, I need you to fully convince me. And so give them two or three days to change the inside of you till you're like fully convinced. So when God grants repentance, your mind does change and the desire does leave and the sin loses its grip. And so then we're free completely because we have truly repented from our heart. So is that what Paul's saying when he says, why do I do the things that I do? Oh, wretched man that I am Uh in Romans 7. Um, He is talking there about the battle between the flesh and the spirit, Right. right? And so it says that if we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption, right? So, I mean, if you go rob a bank, I mean, God might forgive you, but the law might not. And they'll say, well, you are going to have to go to jail for that. Okay. So uh, there are penalties that are in the natural. But as far as in heaven, and God erases that from your record, as far as God's concerned, you are forgiven. Okay? I'm talking more inner struggles, you know. Yeah. There is a, there is a constant battle because the scripture says that the spirit warreth after the flesh and the flesh after the spirit. So it says the two are at enmity with each other. And um, so as, and this is why we need to spend more time doing what uh, Psalms 37 verse 4 says. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. If you spend time delighting in the Lord, then sin loses its power because I'm so satisfied with God and all the blessings that he gives that this over here really starts to taste bitter and like a counterfeit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so this one guy came to this pastor and he said, 
you know, and his wife had, this guy's wife had been praying for him to get saved. And he's like, but he really loved going down to the club and dancing, right? And uh, so when he was talking to the pastor, because he was talking about, you know, giving his life to the Lord, he's like, listen, pastor, can I still go to the club and dance? If I give my life to Jesus, can I still go to the club and dance? And the pastor said, listen, you can go to the club and dance as much as you want. So the guy gets born again. He gives his life to the Lord. And he came back the next week or a couple weeks later. He said, Pastor, you didn't tell me that I wouldn't want to. Okay? So that that lifts off of you. Now, there are people who have chemical dependencies. Even Nancy had dealt with bulimia, which actually... Um, you know, partly was caused by bad behavior, but it was also partially caused by um, candidiasis, okay? Uh, extra yeast cells in the blood. And boy, those yeast cells were hungry for sugar, okay? And so she had to go, not only did she go through a spiritual cleansing, but she also went through a, a physical cleansing of cleansing out that additional uh, yeast out of her bloods stream, right? Because once those additional yeast cells were purged out of the bloodstream, then that overwhelming physical desire to gorge on sugar was gone. You see that? So I'll tell you, the devil is not wise, but he is intelligent. He's been around for 6,000 years on this earth, okay? doing, learning all of the tricks. He's learned them all, right? He's watched everybody. He, he, he told everybody how to sin and, you know. Um, it's like my mom when she, after she raised 14 kids, then she went off and she was doing work and actually dealing with like the generals in the army and, and dealing with like presidents of major corporations. And she's like, she got into these boardrooms with these guys and she's like, they don't have any new tricks. I learned all these things when from my kids, the way my kids wanted to do things wrong. Wow. These jerks are doing the same thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> she didn't say jerks, but effectively. And uh, so the, flo- the, the, uh, the devil's schemes, his plans, he's trying to work through physical things to destroy you. He's trying to work through your soul to destroy you. He's, and so we have to learn to discern. And as we have thoughts that come to us that are condemnation and fear and bitterness and rage, and you all you have to do is look in the list in Galatians chapter 5, verses like 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there, 21. It lists out all of the fruit of the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. But then it lists the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? So as we're going through these things and you're faced with something, you're trying to battle a thought, hold it up against the fruit of the Spirit. Does this thought match love? Actually, no, it doesn't. It's not a God. If this thought is not of love, it's not of God. Does this thought, does this thought that I'm having here, does this bring any joy? No. Okay, well, it's not of God. I'm casting down this imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
And I'm going to bring it, that's 2 Corinthians 10. And I'm bringing into captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Is this? Is this? Yes. Oh, yes. So yes. you get a chance to win the war against the flesh. Yes. And if your flesh is raging and if you've got a problem, and uh, uh, like some guys are di- addicted to pornography, right? Well, if they, excuse me, but if they go all the way, mm-hmm. they're developing a physical addiction. Mm-hmm to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So then if you deal with the spiritual problem, yet they still have a physical addiction to it, you got some problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So God can set that person free completely. Yeah. I love God because he is willing to help you and assist you in the natural realm. Yeah. And he's willing and able to assist you in the spiritual realm. And you have to understand that uh, there is enmity between the flesh and the spirit. But you get to choose who wins. Mm-hmm. So who, who wins between, you know, in temp- when temptation comes, who wins? Whoever you say wins. Right. That's who wins. Oh. Who wins between God and the devil? When you're in a temptation, any temptation, who wins? Whoever you decide to win. That's who wins. You know why? Because the seat of authority is in the human soul. It's all up to you. You're the only one that can make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And you are the only one who can resist temptation in your life. That's right. And God equipped you to do it. Yeah. Okay, let me read this one more time. I think we're... We're closing up here. Tell them my love is complete. It includes them and all their needs. I want them to experience the fullness of my love, but doubt is blocking much of it. Faith works by love, but they must believe the love I have for them. I want them to believe. I want them to hear. Hear my voice. Sense and know me. I am not far from them. Some of them have distance in their heart from me. That can disappear in a moment. I want it to. So a couple years ago, uh, it was actually on the day of Kenny's wedding, Kenny, our worship leader. On the day of his wedding, I had been, um, I had had a battle with skin cancer on my forehead. And then a little couple, maybe a year or two later, whatever, I had a, had a little skin cancer on my hand right here. Okay. And I had done a little home remedy uh, to take care of that. But then I still had some subcutaneous itch, some itch underneath the skin. So I'm like, that's not a good sign, you know? And uh, so I went to this guy who he, one of the guys that came to the wedding, he was just here for this conference and he, uh, he was at Kenny's wedding. And he said, uh, and I knew he was there and I knew he was in charge of one of the healing rooms. And so I'm walking around the wedding at, at the reception. I'm thinking, I should just have him pray for this. So I went up to him and said, hey, Ben, uh, listen, I've been dealing with this. Could you pray for me? He goes, oh, cancer? He said, oh, you just need this. Let's use the extractor. There you go. You're done. That's all he did. He didn't say in Jesus' name. He didn't say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He didn't. All he said, oh, you just need the extractor. There you go. 
What kind of a thing is that? Faith. Faith, faith which works, works, which works by love. Exactly, love. you hit it. It's right. If you understand that your faith is directly related to how much you know God loves you, mm-hmm. your faith is related directly to how much you believe God loves you. This guy already was very close friends with Jesus, and so. This guy, you could imagine him just leaning back on Jesus's chest at the dinner, you know. <laughs> this guy, he's close to him. So he's leaning back on Jesus' chest, and Jesus whispers, he just needs the extractor. Okay, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's moving from this position of oneness with God, mm-hmm. and it's like, and do you know? Gone. That was the end of it, Completely. And I've never had any itch in that hand ever since. Praise the Lord. Do you understand? That this actually worked a Mm -hmm. miracle. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. When it comes from this place of, I am just in love with God. Mm -hmm. And I just absolutely know he's just absolutely in love with me. Mm -hmm. And this is why at the end of Psalm 91, Mm -hmm. Moses writes, he says... Jesus is talking. He said, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I'll protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Do you see it now? Yeah. That it's in this context of this absolutely love relationship with God. Where you are like really... Wow. Let yourself fall in love with him again. Let yourself be completely enamored with him again. Fall in love with Jesus again. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't feel bad that you fell out of love or any go even go into any thoughts like that. That's worthless thinking. Right. Just go ahead and focus on, ah, boy, I love you, Lord. Mm-hmm. This is exactly fulfilling Psalms 37, verse 4. Yes. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. You see this? Father, we love you. Yes, too. Lord, if there anybody didn't get the full deposit, Lord, we just right now by faith... Fix that so that we say everybody here has just received the full deposit of what God intended for each of us to get. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed that message. Um, I'll tell you, so many people were touched by that as I shared that message with them today. And I hope this was a blessing to you. Um, Just that thing about we strive so hard to be such good Christians when God really, he would prefer us to relax and let his love transform us. So I hope that's what you got out of today's word. And uh, listen, friends, we love you and we're praying for you. We really are. And we want you to come into the fullness of what God has for you. I've provided so many other materials that would be a blessing or could be a blessing. And 
honestly, it's all a labor of love. And I'm just trying to help you. And I'm helping as many, trying to help as many people as I can. So uh, just avail yourself to all that. You can go to justjosephbarlow.com. Also, if you could become a partner of the ministry, boy, I'd love to be your partner. I really would. All right. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. This podcast is made possible by our partners. To partner with us, head on over to josephbarlow.com, where you can donate and help us share God's heart for families with the world. And if you want to learn how to hear the voice of God personally, consider taking our Hearing the Voice of God in journaling class. You'll learn to develop an open connection with God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through every step of your life. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.